Who watches the Watchers? Spooky season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name's Kenny. My name's Ian. And uh, this week we're going to be banging out two comic books. We're oh. talking about. A yeah, we now. might as well talk about both of them. Yeah, Fuck we're it. gonna. <laughs> I said it, so we're doing it now. Uh, we're doing Blue in Green by uh, Ram V and. Anand R.K. Ian doesn't trust me to say foreign names. <laughs> well, I, go ahead and say the next one. <laughs> and then uh, Bog Bodies, and since this is a European name, I'm allowed to say it. By, uh, Declan <laughs> Shelby. Yeah, who? Uh, we don't have the artist written up there. Who did the art for Bog Bodies? Oh shit! I don't know why. I, <laughs> I thought he did both. Did he not? No, he didn't. Oh, I'm being Declan. A, I'm being a ding. It's because yeah, I didn't have it anymore. Did you pull it up? Oh. No. <laughs> oh, did you? Did you pull it up? Okay. Oh, but one thing I did pull up while looking at stuff about this uh, comic, that comic book, was the definition of a bog body. Oh, have you seen that? I no. wanted to read it because it's kind of uh, it's kind of fun and has a little bit to do with. Uh, Let's talk about bog bodies first. Anyways. Yeah, because it's the, it's the easier one to kind of parse through. through. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, um, we we actually read it a little while back and yeah. just decided not to talk about it. Um, and but. Because blue and green was a little bit shorter, I think this is kind of the perfect week for us to just go on, uh, go on yeah. a little, little talk about both. So, Bog Bodies is illustrated by Gavin Fullerton. That's right. Yeah, thank you so much. We have a a, a, a hidden guest on this yeah. episode. <laughs> Sorry, Gav. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so a bog body is a human cadaver that has been naturally mummified in a peat bog. Yeah, which are v- apparently very. Like around mm-hmm. Ireland, they're all over Ireland. Yeah, but the creepiest thing about them is that they're partially preserved. Uh-huh. However, the actual levels of preservation vary wild- wildly from perfectly preserved to mere skeletons, is what they say. But Jeez. so they've found bodies that were preserved for years in these bogs because there was just nothing that could reach them and, to cause and them to decompose. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's kind of horrifying. <laughs> and to think about what essentially the main running theme of that book is that mm-hmm. our main character Killian does not want to be a bog, a bog body yeah. that fear of becoming such a thing. And it, you know, in, it, in your culture and knowing that that's what it is, is mm-hmm. it's like the last thing it would be. It's almost like turning into the boogeyman mm-hmm. of sorts. It's like the scariest thing you can think of. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, let's just do a quick synopsis on it. Mm-hmm. It's about, like you were saying, Killian and he ha- is he's offered jobs yeah. from i guess an unnamed source their boss do they yeah. do we ever get a name i don't no, know and the, he, gangsters you know yeah. and he's basically a shitty one this yeah. is what we get from and, it. but he's also a kid he's yeah. like a like a a fucking like shitty kid mm-hmm. he's he's a young man yeah. but like all we get throughout this and this this comic does a great job of doing this is just dialogue it's only ever really said out loud we don't get any narration we don't get anything and it's only through context that we kind of come to the conclusion that he's fucked up on a job and now it's up to kino Mm -hmm. to finish the job Mm -hmm. and we have a surprise guy in the trunk jerry who's fucking jerry yeah so i love the setup because killian he thinks it's a normal job they're just gonna go dump a body and so he goes to the trunk to go and pull out the body and now there's Jerry in there with a handgun ready to pop 
pop him. And so he just shuts the trunk and runs. It's pretty good. Yeah, no, um, definitely. How did you feel about this book as a whole, though? This is like a 90-page-ish book. Yeah. How did you feel about it? So, I mean, it it's kind of a not story in the mm-hmm. sense that it's, you know, the events of this guy's life through one single night of him essentially just running for his life, you yeah. know? Um, I, I like the fear element that it creates, you yeah. know? It definitely does a good job through the exposition explaining that it, it that it's a real situation that could mm-hmm. kind of take place. You're right. It is like a shitty kid who's put himself, you know, we could believe that this is the first job that he did. And you know right. what it is is that he had one hit and he ended up killing the wrong girl. And so yeah. just like ditched her body really irresponsibly. And then is came home and was like, what do I do? You know, yeah. and just like that typical, like, well, you fucked up and now we got to cut our loose ends kind yeah. of situation. You know, it's, it's funny that, because, like, the, the book doesn't set that up well enough for me right at the get-go when we're introduced to him. Because mm-hmm. he's just playing video games yeah. when Kino comes to pick him up. And Kino's, like, a much older dude. And so it's just, like, I don't know. He's obviously shitty. Mm-hmm. Either either it, it's not portrayed correctly or he's just that much of Killian. a shitty guy. Yeah, Killian. Yeah. No, but when Gino comes or Kino, Kino comes to pick up. him up. Yeah. No, it's just weird that, I don't know, it feels like it's... It's missing a beat there or something because then the story goes on and I feel like this book expels a lot of its real estate in um, kind of non-creative ways. Mm -hmm. I feel like this book kind of goes on for a lot longer when you look at the page count compared to what the – like the content is showing Yes. No, you're right and it's a little – expositionally heavy you know mm-hmm. there's a little bit too much explaining and not enough seeing and that goes on in this book for sure um and you're right i think it could have probably been like a single issue you know 22 page yeah i feel know, like and and condensed down to that it could have been an epic little tale of yeah no for sh- sure why you shouldn't fuck up you know <laughs> if if this was like a, a 22 issue page mm-hmm. or a page issue i said that backwards uh-huh. um i feel like it would have it would have rung such a, a nicer note. And instead, it just feels like a story that kind of runs on for too long. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I guess the twist, if you want to call it that, in this mo- in this book, is that upon running from Kino and Jerry. and Jerry, Killian runs into a girl who's got a bash on her head. And we don't really understand the... I guess the relationship, because it feels like there might be a relationship there with previous, and then it j- it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense at telling us why these two are now suddenly running Together. into each other. Yeah. yeah. And then we are introduced to Kino's, you know, great un- Godmother aunt, or whatever. aunt, aunt m- woman, <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> she's delusional, and she thinks that they're having a party, and there's all these people in the house. And then the big twist at the very, very end is like, oop, the girl was dead the whole time, and the house is full of ghosts. And we see it for like a pan. And I feel like that reveal isn't warranted with the amount of pages we go through. Yeah, it's like we sh- this whole book should have been about Aunt Ma then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. I I mean, overall, the book looks great. Mm-hmm. It's written well. Mm-hmm. It's The dialogue is, I feel like, really real. I feel like if this were... I want to believe it has a cultural relevance and yeah. that maybe like for, you know, the Irish or, who you know, whoever this mm-hmm. is maybe more specifically written for, it's, it's very close to home and yeah. you know, they knew a Killian, you know, they yeah. knew someone that this could have happened to. And yeah. so there has to be, a, I bet there's someone this book was written for, it just wasn't written for us. You know? Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess because 
I don't know. Maybe if this took place in Texas, we would be like, hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, like, there, if there was a little bit, few elements changed mm-hmm. about it, you know, and say it was like someone crossing the border and running from border patrol the whole mm-hmm. time and it kind of had the same running theme throughout it, it maybe it could have been just something we could have been like uh, we could have recognized more uh, right, right rationalized with a little bit more so yeah but um the colors in the book is pretty cool because yeah. it's very minimal we only really see like when reds and greens everybody in that book is ugly and yeah. i think it works so good for it to yeah. give it that gritty tone of like mm-hmm. the the gangster underworld you know I mean, yeah. you, you're not gonna want to write a, a book about a bunch of like c-rate gangsters and make them all look really good you know it's not yeah. that's not how it works you know because yeah jerry in particular is a hard to look at motherfucker yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure fucked up teeth yeah um i mean in the end it's a neat story i i feel like this would have worked best as like a short film yeah. like a like an eight minute Even, short yeah, film. Like, like a youtube little mini yeah. like experimental film i think that that would have been pretty fucking cool because yeah just to say it uh, killian does not get away in the end that <laughs> yeah. is the sad reality of the end of the story he yeah. he meets his maker and yeah he reputation. And Jerry is his maker, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry and God. Does Kino die too? I can't remember. We've read this a, a, a little like a while month ago, ago almost. It feels like I don't think so. I think they no. kind of reference it that he's they're gonna also have to cut up that clean up that loose end, oh, but right. I don't think we actually see the the okay. job done. So that's fair. So that's Bog Bodies. That was the Bog Body. Um let's go ahead and move on to mm-hmm. Our next book. Which we actually read this week. Yeah, this was read this week. Uh, Blue and Green by Ram V and Anand R.K. Um, right this off the gate. Book, Holy shit. Yeah, this book is another story. This book is is a whole other level of holy shit. Um, I want to say the artwork really drives this book. This book is stellar. It's stunning. It's... Um, it's very Bill Sinkovich mm-hmm. in its style. And I want to applaud uh, not only Anand Arke with the art, but John Pearson, who did the colors, and uh, Aditya Bidikar, who yeah. did the lettering, Tom Mueller, who designed the book. The, the design of the book, each, each chapter, each opening page, fucking sick. It's so cool. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a stellar looking book. Yeah. And I think that's what really helps this book really fucking go. It's the fucking exact opposite of Bog Bodies. This is <laughs> everything's visually just thrown at you in right. such a splatter. I mean, it's like going to an art show. I feel know? like it's a little unfair to compare the two because yeah. they're not related in, 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 in any real kind way. of way. Yeah. But I mean, it's true. Like this book is, is like explosions mm-hmm. of, of, you know, um, of color and art. And yeah. I mean, you don't get panels hardly mm-hmm. in this comic. You just get spreads, yeah, you know, is what spreads. I would call them. Yeah, and it's sure. so fantastic. Um, I have to believe that Rom V kind of wrote some ideas down on a napkin or something <laughs> and fucking Anand RK and everybody else just fucking took yeah. over because this is such a, a visually driving story. I feel like it's almost hard to talk on this podcast a little bit just because yeah, it's no. so visually demanding to describe if the you things see you're this seeing in, the whole time. In a Barnes and Noble or something, please flip through it. it, it consider buying it because it is beautiful. I feel like if this was a hardcover uh, book and it was like kind of oversized even, this would be a great coffee table book. Absolutely. Because it's a fucking, haunting one. But. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, this one is about our main character, Eric Dieter, who is a struggling musician turned, um, I guess, high school teacher. He yeah, teaches he, school. 
like saxophonist or just band at all. Yeah, I guess he he's like a jazz class. band teacher. Yeah. Um, and we follow him and his like kind of like cursed backstory. He's narrating the whole thing, by the way. Yeah. And it's written really well the way he's because it sounds like a real dude talking. And the narration is just kind of splattered wherever it needs to be. I exactly. mean, the, all the dialogue is not, once again, not even boxed in. It's just kind of thrown onto page <laughs> wherever it looks convenient or not even sometimes. Yeah, but for sure. It's so great. Um, but no, Eric Dieter is uh, told that his mother has passed away. And so we kind of have to go back to his origins and see where he goes back to where he came from, basically, and, and go back to his family and his troubled past there and also learn of, like, you know, his horrible relationship with his mother. and his family demons. You exactly. Know, um, I mean, how how do you feel about this aspect of the book it's something i find so interesting in what we kind of you know have been reading about previous to this and um i i mean family demons is one of the scariest things you can think of in Mm -hmm. my opinion it's it's you know hereditary is a word that you can literally use to think about it's the stuff that 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 fucking comes with you you know the baggage of family and Mm -hmm. even the scarier implications of the demons or you know the the paranormal elements that can, can tag along with it and that in my opinion is the fucking most haunting shit that exists because it's something that you can't it's like you're born with it you yeah can't, you, it's not something it's, that your bloodline is haunted it's not like bad luck of being exposed to it you're it's yeah. like bad luck from birth and yeah. that's such a much worse roll of the dice in the yeah. way you know and, the, and versus like running into freddy krueger you know <laughs> of course <laughs> being yeah. born with him you know <laughs> and so i that's such a crazy thing where you know we read uh something is killing the children last week right. and you know i i started using the coin the term community monster right which to me is like something that is like haunting a community you know yeah. you have a big bad monster that's running around killing everybody and we have to everybody has to kind of come together to stop this one bad thing right versus this which is family demons once again you know yeah. something you're it's so much more condensed so, so much more condensed and something that's so much more exactly like it can be so much more traumatizing to a single person right. and you it's can delve into familial. like the psychological implications yeah, of it for sure. so much more. How did you feel about the design of the pale man? Holy fuck. Well. <laughs> right. So uh, at the end yeah. of the first issue, the first chapter, we, we get a, our first good look at what will be the, you know, ongoing demon throughout this, the story. And he's like an albino, like, Slenderman with long hair. You know, if if I were to cast this movie maybe ten years ago, I would have cast him as um, Woody Harrelson. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it would have been Woody Harrelson, and then I think like Jamie Fox. Maybe that's that's too on the I'm nose because he <laughs> he did play Ray Charles, and he did he was in that movie Soul, the mm-hmm. Pixar movie, and he's even in that one with Robert Downey Jr. where he's like a. A mentally saxophone? disabled saxophonist. Oh, I, I didn't think. know that. <laughs> oh no, that's a real okay. thing. So maybe that's a little too on the nose. But that's too, it's perfectly on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the point. You're just a genius cast. <laughs> Regardless, I feel like that would have been this perfect dichotomy in this mm-hmm. in the story. Absolutely. I feel like one of the faults. I, I, I don't want to get too deep into the the ending of this book, yeah. but that we didn't get enough of a recurrence of the pale man. I would agree story. with that. A lot too. It I you I wanted him to be more of like a devil on the shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, showing like obvious implications that it was either controlling his decisions or like his decisions were a choice to like 
pay the you know pay the devil or right. you know make a yeah. deal with the devil and go into it which i think is more of what we get from it right. i think it's more of a choice that he decides like i do want these things you know because mm-hmm. i think that's it's funny enough you mentioned soul because that movie is cre- weirdly comparable to I this know. in the sense of it is a jazz musician who is struggling who's struggling who has just settled into being a teacher but has always wanted that next level of fame yeah. and now has a weird opportunity, opportunity to get it this and it's just, only whenever he returns to his demons that he's able to get this opportunity exactly and that's i mean and it's like would you do it yeah i know would you make the deal with the devil it's it's i feel like there's a part of me that says yes of course mm-hmm. because it's like what what the fuck else am I going to do? And, uh, you know, roll the dice. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, I'd have to do it alone, much like how Eric decides to, because we get this, um, you know, lost love Mm -hmm. with, um, do you remember her name? Dina. Dina. I think it's Dinah. Dinah. Regardless. Um, We, we get this lost love with her. And are we sure it's Dinah? Yeah. Who's, who's no, his okay. sister? Okay, so uh, Alana is his mother. Alana is his mother, and uh, yeah, I know. For, oh no, Dinah oh. is the sister. You Dinah got me. is it's, the sister. It's, it's Vera. Vera, that's right. You so, are very right. We were wrong. <laughs> um, but I, I do the puns. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's it's it. I feel like it's Vera. so real. It it just mm-hmm. feels like real, like loss of love, loss of that opportunity, and and it's. It's so well written. It goes his... with his character that we get or very early on, which is someone who never really like reaches for the things they mm-hmm. want. They just kind of stand there and hope that they'll fall into their hands. You yeah, know, like sure, that's how sure. he's described time and time again. And I think the the writing drives that home very well with you know with Vera as a this kind of like person who's just out of his clutches of love you know and yeah. even her design of being like a single mother you know mm-hmm. that's like staying in his house like, i like how we never get a look at the kids right they don't <laughs> fucking matter <laughs> it's so funny he, he just always mentioning the running of upstairs of the kids never see him it's 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 crazy there is the one i guess big twist well no, no there's no twists really we're just kind of following him on his journey mm-hmm. we learn about you know the club that burned down and it and it's kind of troubled thing, which kind of reminds me of it. Whenever there's that club, that, absolutely, that you know, all the um, colored people they burned down. In. Yeah, as it's put in the book. I mean, regardless, it's 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 a lot like that, where it's like it's haunted by something, and so he goes and visits someone who has now own who owns the mm-hmm. the business, and he's able to stay in the the room upstairs. But there's that I'm going to put in quotes twist where he kind of loses himself in the music for two whole weeks and we don't get any of it. It's like, was he playing saxophone at the window for two entire weeks? Like a like, fucking how asshole? How the fuck is he eating? <laughs> how is he charging his phone? Like, we what have to the believe fuck? like he like supernaturally was kept alive. Yeah. Or yeah. like through that time period. It's yeah. crazy. And it's, it's all at the work of the pale man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's led to imply. Um, Who is, I, from what I took the actual, music genius and you know it's yeah. like he they aren't they are they're someone who can they're conduits they are conduits to him who is the who is the true like powerful yeah. jazz musician you know and it's like allowing him him and all of his fucking horribleness to come out of you mm-hmm. and so i think that's where it kind of comes in that like you have to be alone when you play because it unleashes the demon into yeah. the room you know how did you feel about the first time we kind of see it through our i guess like 
We are, see it through Dalton. Yeah, Dalton. In the flashbacks. Yeah. Well, and one thing I want to talk about that is I love that we get all of these Dalton flashbacks as we're also getting reality. It does such a good job balancing it's, the flashbacks and the reality to both make it like obscure of like what is real, yeah. but also um, giving us like, once again, going back to the, would you make the deal with the devil? Would you make the deal with the devil while you're also simultaneously learning how much it fucking fucked somebody yeah. else's shit up r- so horribly before, you know, and this, learning that these are going to be potentially your implications for sure. of taking the deal, you know, the, the upcoming movie, uh, last night in Soho. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I feel like this is, like a pseudo precursor too, because it's almost like we are living with Eric who didn't go out and follow his dreams and push harder to achieve. Mm-hmm. While we're also kind of seeing the past life of Dalton Blakely, mm-hmm. Blakely. Yeah. Blakely. Blakely. And, and we, we see how it fucked him up and how he was forced to being a loner because he did make that deal with the yeah. devil. You know what I mean? And so it's 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 this weird dichotomy where we're living both of them at the same time. And it almost feels like Eric is living both exactly. realities at the same time. They're 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 the same person, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just it's like uh it's like not Recurring. learning from the past, you yeah. know? Um, and it's it's hereditary. It is hereditary. <laughs> it's something that his mom tried to to, you know, beat out of him mm-hmm. to the point where we see the flag he has the recorder and it, she breaks it in half and, and he runs away and falls down the stairs and i love that shot where we see him just falling into infinity the young eric just falling and falling and it's him like falling down away from his dreams mm-hmm. almost you know and it's how like he's never recovered from that moment he probably mm-hmm. never stopped falling from that flight of stairs in a way you yeah know? um this book is i feel like kind of brilliantly put together mm-hmm. i feel like there are moments where things don't land as well as I had hoped, but it does overall, when you're seeing the beginning and the end, feel like a, a one tragic story. And I, it's, it's very beautiful to see. Do you want to talk about, I mean, Alana is his mother. Mm-hmm. She's, he only ever calls her that because they have such an estranged relationship. relationship. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that whole kind of aspect of it? It's, I mean, it's the once again going back to like family demons and mm-hmm. her seeing that this very real demon in the father of her son. And it's like, what, what do you do? Do you let them go down oh, well, that so path? I think Dalton is his grandfather. Oh, I think oh that's it's her. Alana's that's right. Oh, so, and, you know, you see yeah. this family, you see this legacy of evil in your mm-hmm. family. And it's like, do you choose to try to cut it off in the ways you think? will create it or just ignore the reality of it and hope that it doesn't actually exist and maybe you're just a bunch of crazy people Dude, you know? it's fucking just like hereditary where mm-hmm. the grandmother is like all into this occult shit and then she's like indoctrinating the daughter and then tony collette's character is like subconsciously trying to kill the kids so they don't grow into these demon things exactly fuck dude it's kind of crazy how those two are so comparable mm-hmm. yeah um and hereditary is kind of already this put to film in a yeah. weird way just not about a jazz musician you know? yeah we did talk about adaptation of bog bodies where mm-hmm. it could be like a nice condensed short film maybe even this like would be a great film. film yeah I, I think this would be a great live You're action like it. full full length film yeah Your for cast sure still works <laughs> i mean <laughs> kind of i feel like eric should be a little bit younger 
than Jamie Foxx is today. You think so? But I think Woody Harrelson would still work. I guess that's fair. I think, I mean, well, I think Jamie Foxx could probably still play someone in maybe like their mid to late or early 50s. And I think that would mm. even be an interesting range to see that person that's like reached that point oh, of truly yeah. feeling washed up. Like I have gone well past the point of me ever being able to succeed in this field. And but then being given like the, hey, do you want to be the 20 year old jazz musician you always wanted oh, to be again and yeah. then choosing that and that's where that deterioration you know what would be sick is if we cast the same actor for dalton blakely and he's a younger man and then whenever eric finally gets on stage and he turns into that actor mm-hmm. but modern day that would be fucking sick that would be so fucking cool dude just jamie fox's son i'm sure he's got an acting <laughs> son <laughs> God damn it. But no, I thought this book was crazy. And uh, one thing, yeah, you you mentioned that I'll kind of go on is that uh, it does, like, I was going to, what I was going to warn when after I was done reading, because I read Mm. it so early on in the week, you know, if Paul Damon was having a hard time, I was going to warn him, like, uh, just keep going. Oh, if Paul Damon was having a hard time. Yeah, yeah. you know, like, I was going to be like, if you're having a hard time reading it, just keep going. It, 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 and so satisfactory it's it's a whole product you can't you can't try to eat it as pieces you know you yeah, got to sure. it's got to be a whole pie you, you know i did sit down and read this all in one sitting um, yeah cuz i feel like it it if you stopped at any time i feel like you'd have a hard time picking it back starting up. again yeah, because for it's sure. just so sporadic in the way that it's designed but i think it couldn't succeed in what it's trying to deliver if it wasn't designed like that you know i think this is meant to be a visual book you know for sure i once again i think rom v was like jazz musician has demon and then that was it (laughs) and then (laughs) and then a non-dark age just fucking blew it out of the water exactly (laughs) (laughs) they were at a bar one night and i was like how about this (laughs) you know and that's not me trying to shit on rom v no that's me trying to say that the fucking art team just took this and ran with it to yeah. such an extent that that is what makes this book so fantastic for what it is you know? i agree i agree i feel like i feel Bug. like um no i just i feel like rom v's uh, he was so easily able to step into this persona mm-hmm. of eric dieter which is you know an american man living somewhere i guess in the south maybe no no they're in they're in new york i was like they mentioned yeah i think new york so they're in new york and he is just this young man who knows and loves and appreciates jazz so much and rom v's like jazz in britain and you know like he's a british man that has like you know he has a completely different lineage and it's just like how did he step into this perfect narration of this completely made up man you yeah. know no absolutely i mean it's an american jazz musician with mm-hmm. i mean links to you know uh, black jazz from like the early 1900s like yeah. i mean that's such a it's such a niche yeah you know writing you know, especially if you're corner in to go fucking into europe like i don't i don't understand how he was able to pull this off but it's it, fucking crazy but never for a moment did i feel like it didn't read as like a true person that would have yeah. gone through these struggles that's it felt such a good very call. true yeah Eric, let's Eric let's Eric talk Peter about from, the ending okay so it ends in a very cut and dry way. And it's like, it is like he, because he, he did, he did perform. And it was amazing. It, apparently it was a standing ovation. Like people were crazy about it, getting signings and taking pictures with him after the show. Got everything he ever wanted. He got everything he ever wanted. And I mean, it's not like the jazz scene is ginormous. He's not going to go sell out Madison Square Garden or something. Please don't come at us, jazz musicians. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it. I feel like he sold into the demon and then at the end he sold into the demon so hard it was almost like a repetition of what 
Dalton had done previously, mm -hmm. where he set the club on fire. And so he sets Alana's house on fire and takes the demon with him. Do you feel like that was the right choice to make? I think he didn't. I mean, the thing is, is I think he did exactly what Dalton Blakely did, which was almost like wash his hands of it. You know oh, what I mean? Because true. we are hinted that Vera is mm -hmm. pregnant with his baby oh, in the end. Fuck. So there is a, it's not over. Oh. The demon tells him that yeah. as he's burning the club down. He's like, you think this is over? You knocked that girl up. She told you that, you know, like. Holy shit, I forgot about and that. And so it's essentially just him, I mean, washing his hands of it. You know what I mean? Fuck. Having gotten his moment in the spotlight and not wanting to deal with the repercussions of him choosing to let this thing keep living, you know? I want to read the last page. Because I want to believe it would have died with him if he wouldn't have accepted it. Does yeah. that make sense? No, for sure. I Even feel if he like... would have had children, it couldn't have kept going if he wouldn't have ever given it yeah. strength again. I feel like the fact that there is a child to come makes this book even more of a tragedy in my eyes. Absolutely. I'm going to read the last, the last excerpt from the, from the mm -hmm. last page because it's fucking dope. It's the news report in the newspaper. And it just says... Early yesterday morning, the Fulton Fire Department were called in to tackle a blaze that eventually destroyed the uh, the historic Bowen House, which had stood in the area for a little o under two centuries. Jesus. <laughs> Although a detailed investigation is to follow, the police have confirmed that the fire was started by Eric Dieter, the son of the house's owner the late Miss Alana Rue. Mr. Dieter, who perished in the fire, was an aspiring musician and a teacher at Rupert Conservatory in Manhattan and is thought to have been emotionally distressed following his mother's recent er, demise. Mr. Dieter is survived by his sister, Dina Cowles. And that's the end. And that's it. That's the end. And look at the fucking... Sorry. Oh, God. That's how the fucking book ends. Um, and we just see the house burning. Yeah. We, we just see, I guess that's Dina watching that's Dina, the house burn. Because she was still in the house. <laughs> I went, when he lit the house on fire, I was like, you know Dina's still there, homie. What that's the so fuck? Funny. Oh, man. Uh, good book. Good book. Terrifying book. Terrifying. Really. It was perfect for the season. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, it's, and it's, it's funny that I think of now having post read it, I didn't, con I didn't even consider the comparisons to hereditary. And now mm -hmm. I'm just like looking through panels and stuff. I'm like, that's literally that it's just yeah. with the demon more visually seen representative yeah, yeah. in so many ways. But, um, I thought this book was really great and you're right. It would be something that I would love to just like put on like a toilet or like put somewhere very <laughs> casual. <laughs> Don't say toilet. That's not the right word. Well, it's going to make someone no. shit their pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they read it no so but yeah perfect. put it somewhere where someone can read it it's like in a waiting room mm -hmm. at like a haircut place or wherever that's i i agree this book is just leave fucking... it sitting around in the barnes and nobles you know <laughs> where they should be where, where you can go get a copy exactly. today <laughs> i hope so i hope it's in your local barnes and nobles um no but i i really do love this book i i recommend it um it the artwork is something to behold but I'm afraid to most casual comic readers, it isn't the most accessible. How do you feel about that? I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Once again, it's something that you need to be prepared to read mm -hmm. in its entirety, in my opinion. You, yeah, it's not sure. It's not something to put down and pick up again. I can't imagine how well this sold month to month. Because uh -huh. this was five separate issues month yeah. to month. We read it in the collected edition, so it's just like, fuck. 
Yeah, I mean, I would have had a hard time yeah. not giving a shit to pick it up again, but I'd be like, wait, what the fuck did I even read the yeah. last time I read this issue, you know, or this book? Um, but I think that, yeah, just the design of it takes a, a patient mind to mm-hmm. be willing to absorb what you're seeing before you absorb what's actually happening through right. the dialogue, you know, so... But I mean, that's that's great. And that's why I liked it. You know, it it's great when a book that's not even, you know, it's basically 100 pages mm-hmm. can take me a little while to read, you know, because comic books can sometimes be a little too. Yeah. You know, so. Do that sound again. Okay, well, uh, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> My little rap moment. Yeah, that was you wrapped the same word over and over. <laughs> Doot. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, follow us on Instagram. That's going to be in the show notes. Oh, yeah, next week we're going to be covering ooh, I know, Ice Cream so Man. I think we're going to do the first 12 issues. I'm going to see what we can collect, and, and we'll probably do the first 12 issues of Ice Cream Man, uh, written by Maxwell Price and with art by Martin Morazzo uh, and Chris O'Halloran. Um, come back for that. Dope. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be our last uh, Halloween comic episode for the year, no I believe. Right. No more spookers. <laughs> no more. Um, but yeah, come back next week. Uh, we love you. Yeah, come get your ice cream. We'll see you then, or we'll see you on another time. Bye. Bye. Good job.